This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Yes, indeed it is You Better You Bet. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, you here with us on the BetQL Network. Every game here is Game 7. No hot take BS on this show. We bring you the bets. And we bring you the sports, and we're coming to you live today from the usual spots. The Odyssey app, the BetQL app, simulcast by our pals at Stadium from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, YouTube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, Twitch.tv backslash BetQL, and heard on radio stations nationwide, including our friends on Satellite Radio, Sirius 160, XM205. As Ken and I, we bring you the wagertainment. We're talking all things sports betting. Proudly presented today and always by the king of sportsbooks, the great people over at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com. And do so. I think uh, this can be uh, a W3 because we'll do a lot of NFL on the show today. Oh, yeah. A wonderful, a wonderful football Wednesday. Yeah. Maybe it's like a wonderful winter sports and football Wednesday. Like all these yeah, words that start with winter w. Wednesday. How great. How great are the winter? Nobody's ever done How that great before. are the yeah. How great are the winter sports? Well, they, you know when they're even better? When it's spring weather and it's winter sports. That's the best combination. Yes, it's like, it oh, is, I love the winter sports. It is sports. really good. It's even better when it's 60. Right? It's, it's like, better when I it's think not I, raining. Yeah. I think pretty much everything's better when the weather's warm. I agree with you. Uh, wonderful football Wednesday, February 28th in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'd say it's the final day of February, but it's that uh, that scam known as leap year is this year, and tomorrow's another uh, February day. Our show on Twitter at You Better You Bet. I'm on Twitter and the gram at the Costos. And Ken Barkley, your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, he's on X at Lockie Lockerson. And on this wonderful Football Wednesday, we're going to bring you two tremendous guests, maybe three, but for right now, two tremendous guests on the show. And the two locked-in guests, how great is this? Our pal Mike Gallagher. It's been a while since we've had Mike Gallagher on the show. It's been a while since we had Gallagher on the show. Shout out to Stained. Mike Gallagher will join us coming up later this hour from Establish the Run, talking all things NBA. It's been a while since we had Mike on the show. He's going to be awesome. He always is. Can't wait to welcome Mike Gallagher back to You Better You Bet. And then at 5 o'clock Eastern time to start hour number three, joining us live from Indianapolis, the the site of the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine, is our friend Pete Prisco from CBS Sports. Pete is in tuned with all the news, all the rumors, all the all the innuendo, all the hashtag scuttlebutt happening right now at the NFL Scouting Combine. We'll talk all things National Football League as far as the draft is concerned, as far as the Combine is concerned, free agency rumors, Kirk Cousins, Lajarius Sneed, all sorts of good stuff coming up with Pete Prisco, our friend from CBS, at 5 o'clock Eastern time. Plus... Oh, what a night. 
I was going to do like the late February back in 23, except it's 2024. So like a, the, the shtick doesn't work. But what yeah. a night it was in sports. Like honestly, like almost too much. We were texting about this last night. So many games last night across the different sports. We're going to distill all of it down. Hashtag from the betting perspective. Vancouver loses again last night in the NHL. We'll talk the Jack Adams Trophy or the award, whatever the hell it's called. NHL Coach of the Year. How about our BYU Cougars getting it done last night, beating Kansas at the Fog? Is BYU like a legitimate Final Four National Championship contender? Uh, I, I think they might be. We'll talk a little BYU as we move along in the program. And after a very busy night in the NBA, something is once again abundantly clear. The six-man-of-the-year market, I don't know if it's broken, but, like, something's up with it here. And, like, I, I maybe there's a way we can take advantage of it. Um, I'd like for Malik – I was going to say something terrible. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. But it would be great if Malik Monk didn't play tonight. well tonight. I, I, hope he, I hope he plays so well tonight and scores a billion points. And they beat Denver uh, I, I, on the road. I hope uh, all of that I happens. Don't. Yeah. I, I hope for none of those things. Hope for none of those things to happen. But uh, lots of topics off the three sports last night. We will get to all of them. Those, just some of the headlines. Uh, eight buckets will continue as we guess win totals in the National Football League. We'll go to the AFC, teams that we didn't get to yesterday. And we'll start with the New England Patriots. Uh, we'll get to some teams in the AFC North. And we will talk the news that broke about a half an hour ago in real time here on this Wednesday afternoon that the Kansas City Chiefs have granted star cornerback Legarius Sneed permission to see a trade. So they're going to franchise tag Legarius Sneed and then try and trade him to a team that wants to sign him to a long-term extension. So pretty interesting here. One of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Looks like not definitely, but could be on the move now if he can't agree to a long-term deal with Kansas City. And then power hour, final hour, all our bets for tonight. Not the best slate in hockey. Only two games. Not a billion games in the NBA, but we've got some interesting ones. But what a slate it is in college basketball. Ton of teams playing in the top 25. we got some great matchups tonight in college hoops. We'll go over all the winter sports, all our bets for those games at the end of the program. We're locked and loaded here on a wonderful football Wednesday. Ken Barkley, what's up? What's up? Uh, long time no talk. Or we were texting last night as we were watching 7 billion sporting events going on at the same time. I texted you and Tyler at one point. I just go, I think it's too much, especially in the early window, because things things quieted down like a pretty good amount once uh, once some of like the 730 and 8 o'clock NBAs became Schedule blowouts. too much. Or, I bet yeah. too much. I watch too much. <laughs> I definitely bet too much. Um, but I uh, I got a note from somebody. There was a sports book that tweeted something. Here it is. Sportsbook tweeted something. I just thought this was interesting because we just we've talked about this topic a lot on the show the last couple of days, and this team played, and it was one of the more compelling games of last night. As uh, Kentucky Reed Shepard, that's the guy for Kentucky, right, that made the game yep. winner uh, last right. night against uh, Mississippi State on the road. That was obviously an interesting market where nobody wanted Kentucky. Uh, they were down at halftime. They didn't cover the first half, uh, and then they won, and then they just won. Uh, they got bet against the whole day, and uh, we've talked a lot about who's the hot team going to be down the stretch? And my point is always, you know, rather than try to identify this team because you want to play on them because they're going to be so good, I'm trying to identify them because they usually flame out because they usually that you don't trust the team that does this down the stretch. And, you know, Kentucky is getting closer and closer to being that team. So it's a tweet from another domestic sports book. Quote, the public is all in on Kentucky to win the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Uh, with the uh, Kyrie different steam coming out of the nostrils emoji, oh, which okay. is always really good. Uh, 25% of the overall handle in terms of to win the NCAA tournament is only on Kentucky. Two times more bets than any other team. 
to win the NCAA tournament. So Kentucky is, uh, look, they might win. They are drawing a tremendous amount of interest, and they are the type of team uh, that never wins, that never wins at all. That's never happened. And uh, we have no historical evidence that a team like this, uh, that this is how you win. And the idea is you, you be terrible for a while and everyone questions whether you're good or not. And you can't really defend at a high level. And uh, and you have a bunch of really awesome results in the final few weeks. We all fall in love with you. Usually that does not end with, and then they went on to win the title. What a story. Usually it's, they went on to lose in the first round and we forgot about them. And we moved on to the second round of the tournament. And we completely forgot that this team ever happened. Uh, I will be betting that it's the second one and not the first one. So, they can win there is no imaginary barrier presenting preventing any team from winning uh, grand canyon could win the national championship but uh i i think i'm gonna get what i want here i think i'm gonna get everyone's gonna be all in on this team and i'm gonna get some kind of an opportunity at some point during the tournament probably early to hard fade them and we'll see how it goes <laughs> so just kind of interesting that it's not just that we think they might be that team uh clearly People who bet have registered their opinion, and they have chosen to bet Kentucky to win the tournament uh, in very large numbers so far, which is really interesting. And uh, here's what's really cool, and I, I think this is confirmed, and if it's not, I, I apologize. Um, I think we're going to be on the air on Selection Sunday night, like after the brackets are announced. I'm giving yeah, you like instant analysis of these. I, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't even know if it's official. It might not be. But whatever. I don't, I don't think we it's hope it happens. Yet, but we're we're, ho- we're oh, hoping to be on right after the bracket yeah. released. Yeah, that would be so, good. So so like let's say Kentucky was what going to be like a four seed if this keeps up. They win they, they win the SEC tournament. They might be a three seed, right? More and than then that. yeah, yeah. And uh, and we'll yeah, you're, you're you're you might be right. They win the SEC tournament. They win out. They might be a two seed. We'll yeah. see. You um, see that all the time. The overseeded like conference tournament winner where it's like. You know, the, the bracket comes out, and you're like, how'd they get on the two line just because they beat, like, Tennessee yesterday? Or I guess it would be today, like, Selection Sunday is usually when the SEC final is. Um, yeah, so, I mean, look, like, they're they're probably not losing to some 14 or some 15 a lot. Although they lost to a 15 a couple years ago. Calipari kind of does this sometimes. Uh, that's St. Peter's, obviously. Probably you'd be looking at more like a they'll get by somebody because they'll be terrible and uh, and then you're looking at second round or or regional final regional semifinal like what when do you want to take your like when do I want to take my shot against them and we'll we'll see we'll see if that opportunity comes up maybe maybe they're so good and the opponents are so bad that an opportunity doesn't present itself but I have a sneaking suspicion that one will we just have to be able to figure out what it is and uh, and hope for the best once we make the bet now with all of that said. Last night was pretty fun with Kentucky. Oh, man. Like, Including what a, that game. Yeah. Oh, man. What a... And let's just focus on that game for a second. And there's a sure. lot that we can talk about with, like, the betting experience from last night. We were texting about the Knicks-Pelicans game, which is just like... Gosh, brutal. Like, the Knicks, they're in it the whole game, and then the Pelicans just, like, blow them out at the very end. The Knicks yeah. are just compl- completely out of gas. But, uh... The Kentucky game was ridiculously fun. Uh, so we obviously, we all bet Kentucky, and it, Ken kind of details what happened in the game. The Reed Shepard, um, not quite buzzer beater, but close enough. Um, yes. And you got one of my favorite things in college basketball, even more so than in the NBA, obviously. We got like a mini one in the NBA with the Struce winner against Dallas. But there's nothing like in college hoops where one team comes down and then makes a shot like to presumably win the game or tie the game. And then the other team comes right back down without calling timeout and then makes it and then makes a shot, which is what Reed Shepard did. I yelled really loudly when Reed Shepard made that shot. And you texted uh, me and Tyler, I think it was something like the Shepard, um, like Lee, like we are your flock. And I mean, I'm like doing like the church hymns like Reed is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Um, but I did want something. I wanted to win my bet. And yeah. I did. 
and it was really great. And it was a really, uh, it's been a fun, like, betting stretch that we've had as a show here. Um, I think, like, I mean, I'm getting railroaded in hockey. I think I'm going to take the night uh, the night off in hockey. But, like, college hoops has been incredible. Cincinnati and Houston. Cincinnati was on the knife edge for all 40 minutes against Houston. They end up covering, like, a really stupid end game. Um, what was the other game that we had last night? So it was Kentucky, uh, Cincy, and, uh, BYU. and what was the third? Oh, and BYU wins outright. They just win. At Kansas. They just Hell win. yeah, man. Yeah. It's, been re- it's been really, I've been, I've been enjoying the hell out of this stretch here. Uh, with the you winter know, sports, not hockey, maybe, but the, the others. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'll, from my perspective, I, you guys, I think we're watching Kentucky. I had like kind of a second screen of it going because I, you know, like I, I <laughs> as, as many games as I, as we bet last night, I had like more bets last night than I usually have. Um, as much as that stuff's all fun. Like I still want to watch the, the big games, like I, especially in the NBA. And I want to watch stuff that like affects awards and futures and stuff that I like really like to bet a lot of money into. So Cleveland Dallas was it for me from, from opening tip that was on the main screen and it never moved. And, you know, I was watching Kentucky a little bit. I was watching some other stuff on second screen uh, or third screen at times, but uh, Dallas Cleveland never. So it's always so rewarding, especially in an NBA game, so many bad NBA games, especially this time of year. Uh, it's so rewarding. Like you stick a ga- like you stick with a game the whole time and it, the payoff when you actually get to the end and it's like that. So, you know, like Dallas had this team totally dead to rights. I mean, really like up 10, three, four minutes left. And like the series of events that led to the Max Drews half court three pointer was, was crazy enough as it was like, and then the shot itself is obviously really ridiculous, but you mentioned the score and score the other way, which you got in Kentucky, Mississippi state. And we had it obviously in Dallas, Cleveland, like Luca assist for what looked like the bucket that was going to put Dallas ahead. And then Struce like bangs the three uh, coming right back the other way. It like reminded me They ran me the Nova the, play, right? They, how about they, the presence of uh, mind or run a play sort of. basically, right? They, they, not, they ran not the, the Nova play, thing, but obviously. way further back. Yeah, but like, but how about the presence of mind there to run a play, right? Like, like with no time to think about it. Just uh, and Struess is just like, you just root for guys like that. He just like is he got white hot. He was making everything like cares a ton. It's just like and and just like had the presence of mind to like work with. I I think Mobley is the one who passed him the ball, like to set up the play. So that's awesome. But the score and score the other way. You bring up like. The, the Kentucky one, we had one in Cleveland, Dallas, like the the most heartbroken, not even heartbroken, the most like depressed I've been at the end of an NCAA tournament game probably ever. There are two. One is Villanova, North Carolina, where they ran that play out of the. Now, that wasn't a bang bang like Villanova called a timeout, I think, after Page hit the three pointer yep, exactly. um, to draw up that play. It wasn't like they didn't just run it right away. So like that was as a fan. That was the, the most, like, the saddest I've ever been as, like, a North Carolina fan, grew up rooting for the team. But the most I've ever lost, I think, or, like, could have won was Texas Northern Iowa, like, 10 years ago oh, in the NCAA tournament. Which is yeah. Isaiah Taylor, I think is the name of the point guard for Texas. Um, I'm gonna, I might have gotten his name wrong. Scores, uh, like, to tie the game. Uh, this is a 6-11 game in the first round. Texas, I think, closed a one-and-a-half, two-and-a-half point favorite. Scores, ties the game. They've been down the whole game. I have Texas money line tied to my lungs with everything. Everything else is already won. This is the last thing that has to come in. And Texas scores. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to go to overtime. Paul Jesperson is the name of the player for Northern Iowa, like this like tall, Good goofy recall. center. Catches the ball, like, d- one dribble to midcourt and, like, a horse shot 
throws it up and banks in the three. I'm watching it in an auditorium in Vegas full of people that have bet Northern Iowa. People are like naked running down the halls like crazy stuff. And I'm just like head in my hands. The score and score the other way is it's not unique to college basketball, but uh, but it's crazy. And it it definitely brought back a lot of those memories. We had two of those last night. The one I think about as a kid, and I wasn't even a kid when it happened, was Syracuse's run to the championship game in 96 with sure. John Wallace. Georgia hits a three at the end of overtime to yep. go up one, and then John Wallace makes the three right down the court as time expires to win the game for Syracuse. We're just getting started here on a Wednesday. More recap from last night, NBA College Hoops NHL on the other side. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Shepard got it! He hits it! There are no seconds left on the clock. Is that going to be it? Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. ESPN courtesy of the call. It turned out that uh, that it wasn't. Reed is our shepherd. There is nothing that we shall want. Except for winning our bets, which was really awesome because we bet Kentucky last night and, uh, and they wanted the buzzer and it was and it was really, really, really great. Speaking of really great, we're going to have a really great guest joining us in just a second. The great Jay Billis from ESPN joins us here in a moment talking all things college basketball. Mike Gallagher from Establish the Run will join us talking NBA coming up in a little bit. Pete Prisco from CBS Sports in a couple hours live from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis talking National Football League and we'll continue to break down last night's action and spinning it forward here with bets that we might want to place both on a night-to-night basis and in the good old futures market but joining us right now is the great jay billis espn college basketball analyst on twitter at jay billis jay it's nick costos and ken barkley you better you bet we sincerely appreciate the time how's it going great how are you guys doing we're, we're good jay i saw you tweet about reed shepherd that shot we played coming out of break nick and i both we both watched that game bet that game last night as kentucky beat mississippi state and we were talking about this in the first segment of our show uh, the idea that Kentucky is actually, if you can believe it, the most bet team right now to win the national championship. So whether it's betters or just, I feel like fans, people who follow the sport, everyone's starting to kind of fall for uh, this Kentucky team and think they could make a deep run in the tournament. I'm curious, you watched the game last night. You've watched Kentucky a lot. Uh, how do you feel about them this year? I think Kentucky is one of the best offensive teams in the country. They are short of that defensively. Um, I think they're very, very good. Uh, but I don't put them on the same level as UConn, uh, Purdue, Arizona, Houston. I think that's the top tier. But Kentucky, there's nobody out there they can't beat. I just think the universe of teams that can beat them is a little bit bigger because they don't defend uh, consistently uh, as well as the, the top contenders. Jay, do you think Kentucky more likely to make a run at a national championship and make a Final Four, or more likely to like flame out early if it's an opponent, like you said, the universe of teams that can beat them might be pretty big given their defensive uh, deficiencies here. Better chance Kentucky makes a run to the Final Four or flames out early in the tournament? Well, those are two extremes. So, uh, you know, I would say more likely that they're, they're good enough to make a Final Four. Um, now, could they slip on a banana peel in the first or second round? They've done that before. They did it last year, and, and they could do it again. But uh, uh, I, think, I think more likely to make a Final Four of those two extremes. I, I think their, their uh, ceiling is probably uh, 
their ceiling is a Final Four. I don't think they're a they're a, 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 I wouldn't put them among the the teams I would expect to win it. But they're not. You know, if they play their best in every game, of course they can. Uh, but you know, I, I wouldn't put it past them to get get beat early. Um, they're more likely than those teams I mentioned before to get beat early. Jay, you mentioned your your kind of first tier of teams that are the most likely to win the title. You mentioned, I think, you know, the projected 4-1 seeds right now, which like I would agree with, I think Nick would agree with too, UConn, Houston, Purdue, and Arizona. And the funny thing about two of those teams, especially Purdue and Arizona, is they're literally responsible for the, the two biggest seed upsets we had in the NCAA tournament last year. Purdue lost to a 16 seed, obviously. Arizona lost to Princeton, a 15 seed. So I think, you know, when people fill out their brackets, people who bet on the tournament, all, all of us collectively, we're going to kind of look and be like, is there something about these two teams that when it comes to tournament time, the game slows down, coaching, whatever it is, maybe there is a flaw there that we're just not going to see right now. And maybe it's something that shows itself in March. Do you believe in stuff like that with teams? Or do you think maybe these are two safer teams to make it far than what we've seen? I don't believe in that. I think uh, every team, look, can go into a game and, and face a, a difficult matchup and get beat. Um, you know, the, the one thing we know is that of the games played on, in the first round, half the teams are going to lose. Uh, so, you know, somebody's going to lose. Um, but when you show that kind of high-level consistency during the course of the season, uh, it's a pretty good indicator. I mean, you know, how do you, how do you square the fact that Kentucky lost to UNC Wilmington? They've lost to, to teams at home that they should have beaten uh, when you talk about them being Final Four good. And that didn't happen. That hasn't happened with uh, with Purdue and, and Arizona. Uh, th- those are different things. Now, I don't put it past any of these teams to get beat in a given game if they play lousy. Um, but uh, uh, I, I I tend to think that that what you see in the regular season is what you're likely to see in the tournament. Jay, something that I've struggled with, and you mentioned like the the top tier teams, right, with Houston, Purdue, UConn, and Arizona. Something I've struggled with when I'm thinking about who's going to win the national championship. Like, which team do I think is most likely like to penetrate that bubble to like upend the apple cart and potentially be there? If it's not going to be one of those four teams, like the four top teams, like the four projected one seeds right now in the NCAA tournament, I've kind of taken a little bit of a shine to Marquette. I like them tonight laying the points against Providence. If you had to pick a team, Jay, that you think is most likely to upend that apple card outside of those top four teams win the national championship who would it be and why well it's a group of teams i mean i think illinois is really good um iowa state could do it uh i i agree with you that marquette's an attractive team as is creighton you know marquette though they run into a team that can really rebound and they're really difficult to deal with on the glass and can defend at a high level um, that could cause them a problem in a given game. Like last year, they lost to Michigan State. Michigan State wasn't – they play a seven-game series. I don't know who wins, but uh, Michigan State was a, a superior rebounding team, and that really hurt Marquette. You know, Marquette's uh, strength is turnover margin. Like their turnover margin is like plus five point something. So that's where they're going to get extra possessions is by turning teams over where they give up extra possessions is on the glass because they're a smaller team that doesn't rebound as well as, as some of the other, other contenders out there. But once, you know, the tournament's kind of weird. Once uh, some of the top teams in a particular region, if they wind up getting beat, that opens it up for a number of teams. Um, last year, Florida Atlantic, what I think was interesting about them, now Florida Atlantic was really good. But, you know, they were a, a, an egregiously bad turnover uh, away 
by Memphis in their first-round game for being out in the first round. Memphis doesn't turn the ball over there, which was a crazy bad turnover. Then uh, we're not talking about Florida Atlantic last year. And in addition to that, they not only had that good fortune, they obviously played well enough to win, but, but that, was, that was really fortunate. Then they had the good fortune of Purdue getting beat right across from them, so they got to play fairly Dickinson in the second round. And uh, so there are things that can happen in the tournament that can open it up for a number of teams. Cause I don't know how many people are saying, Hey, watch out for Florida Atlantic. We were talking about it as a team that could pull a first round upset or something like that, but not necessarily as a final four team. And uh, those are the kind of things that can, can happen to make it possible for, cause it's funny when you get put into a region. So say you're in the Midwest region, one of the things, you know, that you, you need to remind the players of is 75% of the best teams in the country aren't in that region. And really the tournament is just a series of four-team tournaments that you have to win. And you put a four-team tournament in front of a group of players, it's a hell of a lot easier to navigate than it is, hey, hey, we got the 68 or 64-team tournament by the time you get to the first Thursday. That seems a lot more daunting. They look at the opposite side of the tournament, see all these good teams. You don't have to worry about that. Only one team's coming out of there. You don't play. You don't play any of those teams except maybe one if you make it to Monday night. Yeah, and to your point, Jay, I think you know Purdue obviously loses. That was Florida Atlantic's like next opponent. But I think like the one, the two was Marquette. They lost early. Like Tennessee, you know, beat Duke, and then Tennessee loses. It's like so. It's just it's kind of like the way the bracket ended up breaking. You know, path is obviously really important. I think I think you make a great point there. I think still like what what I try to do when I look at you know I I didn't see Florida Atlantic play a lot last year, and so they get seeded, and you know we're all gonna go by like maybe the one game we watched them or the couple games, or we can we can rely on people like you that have maybe see these teams a few times and could give us some advice about just what you see when we don't have time to check out every single team in the country there might be some teams we've never seen before you know grand canyon is a team that a couple people have told me about for example mcneese state some of these teams that they might end up being that 11 12 seed line maybe they win a couple games have you seen a couple teams that would fit that description where yeah they need a break they need help maybe in terms of who's opposite them in the bracket but you could see them winning a couple games some smaller schools well yeah you could see teams winning a couple games but you know, when you mentioned, I think you mentioned McNeese State. Who who else did you mention? Uh, Grand Canyon, I think, is, is a team that's been brought up to us. Yeah. Grand Canyon's a good team, especially at home. You, you could see them winning a couple games. I don't see any of those teams getting past, or, or either of those teams getting past uh, the, the second weekend. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. But a lot has to happen for that to, to be the case. Um, you know, most of the most of the stuff you're looking for is is what's a – you know, what's a first round upset or a team that can make the sweet 16 or something, or, you know, show me a, a team like you're saying Purdue last year that may be vulnerable that I don't want to pick, excuse me, don't want to pick to go to the final four because it could, could screw up my bracket if they slip on a banana peel in the first or second round. Uh, those are the things that you're looking for. There, there's usually a finite amount of teams that really have the ability to win this thing. And uh, it may be, you know, if somebody falls down, it, it increases that a little bit. It, it, but it, there's a difference between navigating a region and make it to the Final Four and winning the whole thing. Those are two different things. And, uh, and I'm talking about teams that can win it, you know, because we wind up this time of year. I don't know when this happened, but we spend so much time talking about the bubble. Who's going to get in? Who's going to be left out? When the truth is, hardly any of those teams have a chance. And, uh, and we, we spend less time talking about the, the, the best teams 
that have a legitimate shot to win this thing. Because in my in my mind, look, I get I get the brackets and all that stuff. It's great. I, I enjoy it too. But after I fill it out, I don't even look at it. I don't even care after I fill it out. I I, I like the competition and see who's going to win win the thing. To me, it's a national championship event. It's not it's not about the bubble and some of these other things. Uh, I was going to ask you about like your next four out after the first four out, but we can we can move on to <laughs> move on to other topics then. You better you better here with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday talking to the great Jay Billis from ESPN College Hoops here on the show on Twitter at Jay Billis. Jay, I want to ask you about BYU, a team that I've taken a shine to recently, uh, going into Kansas and winning last night. Super impressive. I don't know if I like them as much as I like Marquette. I really like BYU here. So Jay, is BYU a team for you that maybe like if things break right could get to the Final Four? Full short of a national championship what about BYU coming off of last night's upset win at Kansas well beating Kansas is significant especially there Kansas hasn't lost there in a long time but Kansas didn't have Kevin McCuller either and Kansas is a very shorthanded team they've only got a few players they can really rely on you take out you know Kevin McCuller is the first team all-american you know you take him off Kansas's team and they're a hell of a lot easier to beat um, and I'm about to say give BYU credit after I just took all the credit away from them. But, but they're very, very good, especially offensively. Um, they play a five-out system. They've got a bunch of guys that can really shoot it. So if they get in, if you allow them to get into some sort of offensive rhythm where they're banging shots down and you wind up chasing them, um, you know, Trevin Nell's one of the best shooters in the country, and Jackson Robinson's really good. Uh, Ali Khalifa can pass it. He's a big guy that can pull opposing big guys away from the basket. So they can they can really score. I don't think they're a great defensive team. Uh, and usually what winds up happening is teams that are Final Four National Championship good are going to be ranked in the, you know, usually the top 25 of, of the offensive efficiency ratings. And they're, they're going to be at least top, top 30, top 40 in defense. And uh, BYU checks the box on offense. Um, but they don't on defense. So that makes them a little bit vulnerable in, in talking about them as a Final Four team. But again, you know, bracket opens up. That changes a lot of things. Jay, we only have about 30 seconds left. Just want to ask you about, like, the biggest game tonight in college basketball, which from a ranking standpoint and maybe standings in the conference is probably Tennessee hosting Auburn. They're kind of four or five teams that still have a chance to win the regular season SEC championship. These are two of them. Tennessee, a, a, you know, a seven-point favorite. Obviously, home teams in the SEC play really well. A, a thought on that game and then maybe how you see the SEC shaking out the rest of the way, maybe who wins the regular season title here in about 30, 45 seconds? Yeah, Tennessee's a better team, I think, but it's a close call. Uh, Auburn's lost what two of their last four. Uh, I was I was surprised that Kentucky kind of handled them pretty easy at Auburn uh, a week or two ago. Uh, we were there for for game day, and and I think the the thought among our crew was, geez, I hope Kentucky stays in the game because they didn't have Trey Mitchell with them, and they wound up winning by double digits and never trailed in the game. Uh, but Kentucky, or excuse me, Tennessee is an interesting team because they've got the best player in the league in Dalton Connect, which. Most people have never heard of him when he played at Northern Colorado, and he's now a, a lottery pick probably. Uh, but Tennessee's really difficult to deal with on the defensive end, especially with Zakai uh, Ziegler healthy now. He's really disruptive. Their issue is, you know, if they're if they have a an off offensive game, they could be had. But they're better offensively this year than they've been in a while. So uh, I like them as the best team. They're playing at home, uh, you know. So I think they wind up winning the game tonight. But both those teams are going to be difficult because they can really both of them can really guard 
And, uh, and Auburn's offensive numbers and their offensive performance is better than, than they look when you watch them play. They, they're actually pretty efficient. Jay, five seconds to go here. Final question. What's the best Young Jeezy song? My Hood. <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> I, I would say it's his verse. Yeah. I'd say his verse on Dana, which is, I'm in my cool whip, inside's jello. Hop up out that like hello is is my my favorite always uh jay we appreciate it man you're awesome thank you very much for making the time on twitter at jay billis you of course watch him on espn stay well enjoy the games tonight we hope to do this again soon my pleasure thank you jay billis we got to go to work jay billis loves young jeezy which i i absolutely yeah every morning i'm in my cool whip inside's jello hop about that pretty like hello it's the best (laughs) coming up next the great mike gallagher joins us talking nba here on a wednesday we'll be right back with you better you bet presented by bet mgm (laughs) on the bet ql network leave it to inbound just to the left of the Cavs bench all we need is a deflection pass deflected by Mobley, but grabbed by Doncic. Doncic bounce underneath the pj and he laid it in with 2.6 to go Cavs out of timeout. Struess into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! Good! Damn <laughs> Cavs win! This place is going crazy! Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. A uh, courtesy of the call goes to Cavs Radio. I mean, like, radio's so great. Like, listening to the games on the radio was great. Those experiences, like, when you're driving, especially if you're, like, a Cavs fan, you're driving in the car listening to the end of the game, and that happens. Like, you had to, like, try not to drive off the road. You're so excited. That's uh, that's really awesome. What a finish last night as the Cavaliers take down the Dallas Mavericks, you know, leading to some uh, some conversation today that maybe just maybe the Cleveland Cavaliers viable Eastern Conference contenders like to take down Boston or Milwaukee come playoff time maybe get to an NBA Finals Uh, we'll find out what Mike Gallagher our friend from ETR thinks about that and more coming up in a moment want to remind our audience uh, eight buckets coming up later in the show NFL win totals in the AFC our guesses for what those might be Pete Prisco from CBS Sports will join us live from the scouting combine in Indianapolis we'll continue to talk last night in the NBA uh, college hoops in the NHL spin it forward to award mark and game-by-game bets and bets for tonight coming up in the final hour, the power hour of the show. But honestly, it's been way too long since we've welcomed in this guest to You Better You Bet. I call him the fantasy basketball goat because he is the fantasy basketball goat. The work he does for our friends at Establish the Run is sensational. The matchups column, the ETR NBA podcast, in the weeds in the NBA in the best possible way. And that is, of course, the great Mike Gallagher from Establish the Run on Twitter at Mike S. Gallagher. My friend, welcome back to You Better You Bet. It's Nick and Ken. How the hell are you? Doing great. Been way too long. Uh, happy to hear you guys and happy to hope you're all doing well. Been a good NBA season so far. Almost there, though. It's getting uh, getting pretty close. So, uh, yeah, excited to, to talk uh, some hoops. Uh, big night last night. Yeah, you, you mentioned big night, and we'll ask you about the Cavs, I think, and, and the Strew shot and maybe what that means for Cleveland. I, our producer, Alex, Mike writes in the chat, we last had you on on December 7th. Like, actually has been, like, way too long since we've talked. I don't even know how you feel about a lot of these teams or stuff. But you bring up, like, a big night last night. There's been a, a trend. This is, like, I'm dying to ask you this question almost more than anybody else because you watch more games than anybody that I know, probably, and think about this stuff. I'm sure you've seen this. 
if basically if you've bet unders since the all-star break ended so like there's only been a few you know let's say there's been a hundred games i think since the all-star break ended if you've bet unders like you have already retired from your job they've hit it like 80 percent they had one they went 10 and one last night something like that unders in the nba scoring's way down some of these games i mean the charlotte milwaukee final score is laughable like do you have any kind of a guess is this just like random is it like the schedule and teams are playing three and four and just like everybody's gassed. Why do you think this is happening? Like, why shouldn't I bet every under tonight? I think that's pretty valid. I mean, there's so many, there's two teams that are on five and seven nights and I kind of bet against both of them. We can talk about that later maybe. Um, But yeah, I think that's part of it. Part of it's a little bit unlucky. Like I I was looking at some unguarded catch and shoot stuff when I was writing last night and it was been like kind of odd, like, Kobe White's missed a ton of unguarded stuff. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit of luck, but definitely the schedule being jammed together. So many teams are playing three and four, five and seven. That I think that's part of it for sure. But, yeah, I think mostly it's uh, just a little bit of small sample size. Before we get into specific stuff, I uh, want to keep it a little macro here. Uh, Mike, what else are you, because like you, and I mean this in the most complimentary way, Mike in the weeds in the NBA, like almost nobody else is. What else are you noticing right now on like a, a night by night, like game by game level here, other than what you just said? Because I know you, you're, you're always thinking about this stuff and always on stuff like before a lot of people are. Uh, not too much. Um, I'm trying to think here. Kind of, um, yeah, I mean, we, we bet a lot of unders at Establish the Run, so other than that, we're, we're kind of new there. Um, the rotations have been, like, a little bit longer for some. There's, like, nothing really specific. Some teams are tightening, like Utah's tightening a little bit. Some teams are expanding. Cleveland's expanding. So there's there's a little bit of rotation change to the half that I don't think really is specific to, like, all teams playing small, teams being, playing bigger. But there's been a little bit of rotation changes. Some some teams are going younger for sure. Memphis is a mess. So it's kind of we're, we're kind of seeing the changing of a guard of, like, towards the tank season. And then injury reporting's been different. The Grizzlies uh, put a probable tag on Jaron Jackson for the first time since 2019. So just kind of like weird stuff like that. Like the amount of weird stuff that's happening is kind of happening more, which is pretty much the, the case to close the season. So we're getting a little bit Usually It's like mid-March, but we're getting it kind of a little bit earlier this year. And Mike, I, I think you would agree, like even if you take, if you try to make a list of like who's going to tank, even like starting now, like teams that maybe are like, oh, well, we're finally out of it. We're going to lose games. They... They all seem to not have a lot in common. Like, I, I know Charlotte just got absolutely obliterated last night, but, like, they had played really well for a while. Detroit has been oddly competitive. So it's kind of like all these teams aren't even beha- – even all the tanking teams aren't behaving the same way. Are there a few teams – and maybe they haven't done it yet. Maybe they have. Are there a few teams that are you feel like are going to just completely let go of the rope here and, like, just start starting, like, five G-leaguers or, like, guys on 10 days? Like, this is going to get really bad. Like, who are your, like, top three teams that you think could take that approach? So besides the obvious stuff, I think there's, like, hard evidence Memphis is. And the number one reason I could say this is this guy, Trey Jeminson, he's on a two-way. He's only got 15 days left on his two-way deal. And they've been just straight sitting him. Trey Jeminson has been starting for Jaron Jackson when he sits. So I think Jeminson's going to, like, play the last 10, 12 games of the year when they just sit Jaron Jackson and tank like crazy. Jaren, I mentioned that Jaron probable tag hasn't been listed as probable since 2019 from when I checked. So I think Memphis has big tank coming. We saw them get wrecked last uh, last game against Brooklyn. Certainly Portland. Uh, you know they they keep signing these new guys. They gave Duop Reith a new deal. They got Ashton Haggins a two way deal. So they're playing. They're 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 kind of setting it up too. So those guys look to be pretty clear. Uh, Detroit just bought out Muscala. 
so they're in the mix. We'll see what happens with Washington. I don't think I, I think they're like so bad that it doesn't really matter anymore. But Memphis and Portland are certainly stacking the deck, which isn't too bold. And then are, are we going to see Toronto? Toronto, I think, is top six protected uh, to go to San Antonio. They got to start tanking. I mean, they want to keep that pick, um, so that's pretty important. So I think Toronto, just based on their pick protection, would be a team that I'd be looking at to tank. Actually, they've been playing pretty good. They had a big win against Indiana last game, but you've got to think that if anybody's dinged up. To protect that pick, they're going to probably start tanking. And Toronto won their Super Bowl by winning three straight games. They had the pizza party, and now I think they can start losing. And maybe that happens tonight at home against the uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. Ken and I will talk about that a little later in the show. You Better You Bet with Nick and Ken here on a Wednesday. Great to welcome back to You Better You Bet the great Mike Gallagher from Establish the Run on Twitter at Mike S. Gallagher. If you're into basketball, you need to be following Mike on Twitter again at Mike S. Gallagher. Mike, it's been a while since we had you on the show. How do you kind of like um, parse through the balance of power right now in the Eastern Conference, where the Celtics like can't stop winning, like they won nine straight games, obliterated the Sixers last night in the second half, but obviously questions about whether this team can actually get to the finals, can they win a championship? I'm really big on Milwaukee right now, as Ken said, obliterating the Hornets last night, and the Cavs kind of can't stop winning either, and you got the Knicks. You know, if we ever get guys back healthy, maybe Embiid comes back for Philadelphia. How do you view the balance of power right now, Mike, in the East? Yeah, Milwaukee, look, their defense has been a lot better. Uh, certainly, Charlotte just missed a ton of good looks last night. Uh, that, that, that you could, I mean, you could get, like, it, it, it was just terrible. But um, anyways, so the thing working against Milwaukee the most is their strength of schedule. They have the hardest strength of schedule going forward in the Eastern Conference. Only the Suns are worse in the whole league. So that's going to hurt them a little bit. But at least their defense is playing better. I think they're starting to gel. Pat Connington kind of coming out of his slump uh, has kind of helped them to shore up their back end. Bobby Portis is starting to get out of his little slump. Uh, Dame is looking like himself. He was fantastic early last night. So certainly I think Milwaukee's got the inside uh, track for the number two seed. I don't think I need to even say anything on Boston. Pretty straightforward that they've got the one seed locked up. Uh, but Cleveland looks legit, man. Um, Darius Garland still kind of uh, not quite 100% from the fractured jaw. Evan Roby's been insane defensively. He's first in the NBA uh, on points per possession against based on shots defended. That's per synergy. So they've got really good defense. There's obviously the concerns. We saw Jared Allen play Mount against the Knicks. So I don't know if they've got, you know, make a deep run kind of uh, situation. Miami's got some stuff to worry about. So it kind of feels like Milwaukee's going to just figure it out because Dame is such a great clutch time performer. So I'm with you there. I think that they're probably the favorite uh, for the two. See, I don't know if I can get there on the Orlando's, Miami's. Can Philly even avoid the play-in at this point? They're playing terrible basketball. So um, Boston clear number one. Milwaukee clear number two, and then Cavs kind of clear number three for me. We'll see if the Knicks could kind of hold it together after, you know, some spotty play. They need OG back in a hurry. Mike, would uh, love to a thought from you on tonight's games. Maybe we'll do that like the final minute to close. So maybe in just a minute here, you know, when, when we used to have you on more regularly in last year, uh, it was a little more often you would frequently come on and, you, you know, you'd have something in any award market, a bet that you had made that you were excited about. And I understand like we're getting to you late here, right? It feels like most of the award markets are really set. Like we, we kind of know who the winner is going to be or it's close. Is there anything in any award market that's available now? Like I'm, I'm sure you have like 50 bets that are awesome because I know you and you pay a lot of attention to this stuff. You were on a manual quickly last year, like a 200 to one. Um, is there anything interesting to you now in any award market in the NBA here in about 60 seconds? So I'm, I've got two six man of the year positions and I'm pretty strong on ones are already kind of dried up. And I actually still think there's value on Malik Monk. He is, Heavy, heavy favorite. I think if you get him like 120, I'm still probably taking that. But the other position I have is Bobby Portis. And I think that's actually 
it's a it's a long. This is about the same time they made the Emmanuel quickly pitch, but it's pretty similar. If you're betting on the Bucks and the Bucks could somehow separate and be a clear number two, maybe Malik Monk takes a step back. But all these other guys are falling by the wayside. Bogdan Bogdanovich, he's starting for a while now because Trey Young's back. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been bad for like a month and a half. All these other guys are just falling apart. So if he could somehow get Monk to cool off, Bobby Portis gets hot, the, the Bucks start to rise. Bobby's going like 100 to 1. I was like really excited about a month and a half ago to fire him at like 75 to 1. And it hasn't gone great. But I think there's still time. He's third in the NBA in uh, bench points. He came off the bench every game, hasn't missed a game. Voters care about that. They, we saw that last year. Like Malcolm Brogdon came off the bench every game and they gave him the award. So I actually still think there's some value on Bobby. 21 and 7 last night. Listen, some people say Bobby Porter should be sixth man of the year. And who am I to disagree? Sign someone who bet him at a huge price also. Absolutely agree. Mike, in like 10 seconds, you have one bet for tonight that you really love for tonight's slate in the NBA. In like 10 seconds, please. Yeah, I'm taking the Pelicans. I'm taking the Pelicans to lose. They are questionable. Five games and seven nights. They're uh, planning to get in until 6.30 a.m. last night. So schedule is really tough. They're really banged up. I think the Pacers could cover. I got it at five and a half. I think you can still take it like six and a half. It does feel like if like the Knicks were at full strength last night, they might have like bulldozed yeah. New Orleans with, with the Pelicans effort in that game. Mike, it is my sincere hope that we get to do this with a little more regularity. I know you're busy, but coming down the stretch of the NBA season, you know that we love having you on the show. Stay well. Good luck with the bets, and we hope to do this again soon. Thanks, guys. Let's do this soon. Thanks so much. All right. The great Mike Gallagher joining us here on You Better, You Bet. I missed him too. Hour one done. Hour two for you. Coming up on the other side, we'll get back to the NBA, college hoops, National Hockey League. So much from last night to spin forward with Nick and Ken.